Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nickel. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. You know, it's the end of the year and so I'm feeling really reflective. I'm also feeling really connected to the people in my life that I really care about. So my family, my dear friends, my partner. And for today's episode, I wanted to talk with you about emotions and connection and to just slow down a little bit to really enjoy this time of year. And what often can happen is there can be a little bit of breathing room where even if your workplace is in crunch time, because for a lot of folks, this is actually the busy time of the year. But I think what happens collectively is we all become a little bit more reflective. We all start to look back and ask ourselves, what was this year about? How did I grow? What did I learn? What were the highlights and the hard spots? And we then cast our gaze forward into the coming year And take a moment to ask, what do I want this next year to be about? And we think about that in terms of our personal lives, our relationships, our health, and also our work, our finances, uh, you know, whatever is happening for us in that part of our own world. And in light of all of that, I guess there are three things I want to ground us with in this conversation and it really is the foundation of all of the work that I do with my clients and also with when I am teaching groups and it really starts with presence how can we be present to what's happening now how can we be present with each other how can we be present for the emotions or the thoughts or the things that are happening, whether we're looking inward, being present to our own internal experience, or being present with what is unfolding and happening outside of us and in front of us. And this matters so much because the opposite of presence, you can think of almost like absence. (laughs) So when our attention isn't present, it's absent from this moment. When our attention isn't here, it might be in the future, it might be in the past, it might be in an ideal fantasy of how we wish things would be if only everyone saw things our way, or our attention can be in kind of this dystopian, uh, you know, vision of how, you know seeing the worst case scenario play out in really vivid detail our attention can also be on the hamster wheel of rumination so spinning around and around and never finding any answers and always asking you know how and why and i don't know it can kind of spin in this kind of vortex of confusion and anxiety And I found over and over again that simply the practice of, okay, can I unhook my attention from all those things? And can I just gather myself back into this moment 
and just take a moment here. Can I just be present and notice what I am experiencing and what is unfolding here can go a long way to creating a sense of relief. <laughs> I'm currently present to the big truck outside my window <laughs> that is breaking as it comes to a stop at this traffic light. But when we're able to become present, it can create a lot more ease, bring a lot more awareness, a lot more energy. We can exhaust ourselves when we send our attention someplace else. So that's the first thing is presence. The second element is curiosity. And by curiosity, I don't mean like an interrogation. And I don't mean like digging or prying to try to uncover something. Instead, I want you to think about curiosity in the same way that when you were a little kid, maybe even as a baby, you couldn't talk yet. Uh, you hadn't learned how to judge yourself. <laughs> you were just this brilliant, wide-eyed, curious, tiny human. And you were so interested. You just wanted to learn about everything. You were so interested to find out. And that kind of curiosity feels really good to be in because we're not in any judgment. We're not in any comparison. And it's what allows us to see our own situation and our own self more clearly. And when we're able to see ourselves more clearly with this very loving and gentle curiosity, it really does change everything. It starts to open up the way we see what's possible. It reveals those hidden truths, the things that are true for you that you weren't even fully aware of because you were in the comparing or you were in the self-judging. Like it really does change the way you see things and then it changes the options that you see available to you. And what's great about that is that that then brings you back to a feeling of agency and autonomy. So agency, the sense that you get to decide for yourself. It's not someone else who decides for you. And autonomy, the sense that you have power over your own life, over your own decisions. And there are a lot of situations that shape our life that we really have no control over. Like we have no control over what other people do, what other people think. We don't have control over the people at the highest level in the organization and the decisions that they make. We truly don't even have control over the people who report to us. They're still autonomous humans. They get to make their own decisions. At best, we get to work cooperatively and collaboratively and in a way that is of benefit to everyone in that relationship. But ultimately, there's a lot we don't have control over, but we do have autonomy in any situation when we begin to get curious about ourselves and our experience and how we're seeing things and the way that we're thinking about things. And when we come back to that, it feels really good because it's a way of creating a sense of meaning and purpose and seeing what our active role is in the life that you're in and what's unfolding in front of you. 
And the third part that is the foundation for everything I do is this deep sense of kindness. And what I've noticed is that I think we often get really hard on ourselves or put pressure on ourselves because we think that's required in order to take action or in order to follow through. And what I found time and time again is that can work for a while, but it doesn't work sustainably over time because it takes too much energy. (laughs) It becomes heavy. It becomes a burden. And we tend to avoid things that create a feeling of pressure. And so when we dial up the kindness a little bit, if we just increase the self-kindness, the regard that we have towards ourselves, especially when you are facing growth and a new challenge and a thing that you've never done before and all of your insecurity and uncertainty is getting activated and you're starting to feel scared that you might mess up, that it's all going to get found out and people will learn that maybe you're not actually cut out for this. Like when all of that gets activated, that is where the kindness helps to move forward even when you have uncertainty or you're dealing with a difficult person or a difficult situation. When you're able to increase a bit of kindness for yourself, that's actually what allows you to access bigger ideas, more specific approaches, like it helps to get you out of the confusion and out of the stress It allows you to sleep better. It allows you to connect with and enjoy spending time with the people that you care about instead of having part of your mind always at work and feeling worried about what's going to happen and did you make the right call and why did you do this and not that. Like that kindness of reminding, you know what, I am a human. Sometimes that is hard, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I don't have to be hard on myself. It's okay. I'm a human, you know, like we can learn as we go. That's one of the things I think is great about humans is we're kind of designed for learning, right? (laughs) Like humans love to learn. It is interesting to keep learning new things. So these three elements, being present, being curious, being kind, really become a stable and sustainable foundation for growth and facing challenge. And they also are really useful for deepening the enjoyment that you have with people that you care about. And that includes yourself. Imagine if you just enjoyed spending time with yourself and you weren't always having a little inner critic voice talking to you about how you could be doing things better and how things would be better if only you were different. That's exhausting. Nobody needs that. (laughs) So from this place, from this foundation, one of the other ideas I wanted to share with you is when we become aware of what our emotions are doing and how they are shaping our experience and our decisions, it begins to change things in a really gentle and really powerful way. So for example, Let's say that you've noticed there's tension at work. It might be with one specific person or it might be just the vibe happening in the workplace. Maybe everyone is feeling a little more tense and you're thinking, 
there's tension at work, what do I do? So the first thing we want to do is get present and notice what do you do by default when you notice tension at work? So we get present, right? Okay, there's tension at work. Let's notice what that feels like and then let's bring some curiosity. Like what do you do when you notice that there's tension at work? And here are some things that might come up. You might say, well, I avoid I avoid that person or I avoid certain topics or I avoid certain meetings or you know I just I avoid I move away from tension. Maybe you try to change it. Maybe your inner people pleaser activates, especially if that was your role in your family growing up. If you were the one who would step in to de-escalate things and make people feel better, you might try to change the tension that you're noticing. You also might try to adjust yourself. So instead of trying to improve things to help other people feel better, you might take it inward and you might try to adjust how you're being like, oh, maybe I'm doing something that is making this person uncomfortable. And then you unilaterally decide, I'm just going to make some changes for myself to try to reduce the tension. Maybe I'll not talk to them or maybe I'll talk to them in a certain way. You can over adjust for yourself. You might also withdraw or ghost. (laughs) Just silently step away, remove yourself from the conversation and the relationship. Maybe nobody will notice if you just stop showing up. (laughs) And I'm laughing, not because it's funny, but because I have been there. I am a human, and there were times when that seemed like the best strategy. Maybe nobody will notice if I just silently withdraw. And the other thing that might happen when you notice tension at work, you might take it personally. You might think, what does this person have an issue with me? Are we good? What's going on? Did I do something? Which again is a really normal human thing. I think we're kind of wired to just take things personally at the beginning. So we get curious about that. And once you understand your experience, so when you're feeling tension, what do you do? You know, do you disengage? Do you walk on eggshells? Do you get impatient? Do you try to change things? Do you avoid things? Like, how is your personal strategy? Once you understand that, then we can get really curious about, well, what else could be going on here? So for example, you might ask, like, what, what is this about? And you'll have some ideas. You'll have some guesses about why do you think this tension is here? Why is this happening? And then once you get that out in front of you, like in front where you can see, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. This is why I think this is happening. Then you're in a great position to intentionally choose a strategy to address it if that is what you want to do. And so you might be intentional about, okay, let's have a conversation and clear the air about what's going on. Or you might be intentional about speaking to your team and and acknowledging, you know, I think, I know I've noticed there's, you know, people seem a little tense right now. And I'm wondering if it's because, you know, the changes that are happening in the organization, uh, you know, what's going on here? You might choose to approach it that way. You might even choose to simply acknowledge like it is a tense and stressful time. And I completely understand 
why people are feeling tense. And in the presence of that, here's how I want to show up for my team, for my colleagues. I want to show up bringing a sense of groundedness and calm. I want to connect with them and invite them to share what they're feeling and what they're thinking about so that, you know, on two levels, that you have more of the information so you know what's going on with them, but also so that you provide a direction for some of that tension and worry to go, right? Like it's one of the ways that you can build trust is by listening and slowing down to connect with people to understand more about what are they experiencing and what's happening. And what's interesting too, you know, remember that as humans, we're very social creatures, so we're very tuned in to the emotional tone of the humans around us. So if you go into work one day and you notice everyone is walking on eggshells and seems very tense, you will probably notice and on some level you will decide, oh, I wonder why everyone is tense and walking on eggshells. Maybe I need to be doing that too. I'm suddenly now feeling a little more nervous and stressed and anxious. What's happening? I'm not sure, but now I am with them. Now I am in this place of belonging and now like I've, I've kind of matched where they are. It's super interesting. I remember this for myself distinctly like so many years ago when I was taking the bar exam and it was a three-day exam in this huge hotel conference room and it was like hundreds of very stressed out <laughs> students for three days and I knew that going into that exam, I would be surrounded by people who were had a lot of stress. And I thought, I, I don't want to manage their stress. I can only manage mine. And so I'm going to be very intentional about, for myself, like imagining this little bubble of safety around myself so that the stress around me doesn't land in me. And it's just going to kind of bounce off. And that way, I'm going to be surrounded by people who are really stressed, but I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm going to really manage my side. I'm going to really manage myself. And I'm there to focus on how I can bring more calm and groundedness into that room because I certainly need that. And I want anyone else who comes into contact with me, I want them to get a little bit of that calm and that groundedness too. So when you're thinking on the strategic level of if I walk into a room with people who are feeling tense, I am going to make an intentional choice for how I want to show up in the presence of that. And that becomes really powerful if the room you're walking into is one where people look to you for leadership and guidance. And that has nothing to do with your title, by the way. I mean, we've probably all worked with someone who was not officially a manager, but they really could influence the emotional tone of how people felt. Just their presence alone could either tip people into being more anxious or more cynical, or could tip people into feeling more hopeful, more optimistic, more calm, more focused. And it's helpful 
you know, speaking of autonomy, speaking of agency, you are always in the best position to influence when you are aware of what's happening for you and the intention that you choose to bring into a situation. So whether that is acknowledging that there's tension at work and how you want to address it, uh, whether it is acknowledging that the emotion of discomfort, like a fear of someone's anger or a fear of someone's volatility is activating for you the behavior of avoidance. Like you want to be really clear about what are you choosing and why. And the way we get there is through this foundation of presence and curiosity and kindness. And I'm sharing all of this with you now as we come into the end of the year because this is such a reflective time and it's a time to also connect with the people that matter most to you. And it's hard to do that if part of your brain is worried about work or thinking about stressful work things. The more that you learn how to direct your attention, the more you learn how to bring that quality of curiosity that can gently untangle the knot and slow the wheel of anxiety. And the more that you are able to bring a little more kindness and a little more compassion to yourself as a human, the better it it makes everything. Like it pays off in your immediate experience as a human, as a colleague, as a manager, and in all of the relationships with the people in your life. So my hope for you and my wish for you as you come into the end of this year is that you feel more calm and grounded, you feel more kindness and compassion for yourself, and you feel a real sense of autonomy and a sense of possibility for what's next. So that is what I wanted to share with you today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, before you go, if you like this podcast, leave a review. Tell me why you listen and what has helped you. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.